Season two, episode one. Wow, we're back. Okay, Lucas Quahilo, a young stud out of Kansas. That'll be a fun guest co-host there. A segment, Fitness Miss with J.J. Belinsky. All right. Okay. Kevin Locke, Pro AR. Hear his story. That'll be good. Got a lot to look forward to, but... Oh, oh. I didn't see you there. Hi. Gordy with the Check Complete Podcast. This is season two, episode one. I think you'll like what you'll see. Check Complete, a referee podcast, is an educational resource for referees by referees, designed to connect and develop soccer officials of all ages and skill levels to better serve the game both on and off the field. Welcome back to the Check Complete podcast. It is time for season two. Season two, and we're standing now. Upgraded. That's a thing. I don't know. But we're standing, and I actually don't hate it. I feel like I I can... Kind of explore the space a little bit. It's not bad. Uh, anyway, Gordy, your host here, uh, alongside today's guest co-host, which is Lucas Quahilo. Hi, Lucas. Hi, Gordy. Glad to have you here. Um, so we've got a, a great episode. We got a conversation with Lucas. Um, we have a segment, a recorded segment with JJ Belinsky talking about fitness myths, and then we are thrilled to have our uh, headliner featured guest. I don't know what we're calling that segment, but our headliner featured guest. Uh, pro assistant referee Kevin Locke. Um, so we're going to chat with him as as well. So, um, Lucas, this is great to have you here. Um, you're going to share with us a little bit about who you are and kind of your story. Uh, Lucas, this past year in 2022 in Kansas, was awarded the Gordon Crape Young Male Referee of the Year Award. So we're really proud of you for that. Um, so tell us just in the way of introduction a little bit about yourself. Who are you? So, um, I'm 18, senior in high school, and uh, this is in my sixth year of refereeing, and uh, started off kind of like everyone else, making, making money as a, what, 11-year-old, and then now kind of fell in love with it, fell in love with the people that you meet, and here we are. Here you are. Um, so, you guys started trying to make money, which is totally okay. Uh, it's nice to, to make some money. It's a great side hustle, right? Those of us that do it, we know it. Um, so then at some point something clicked for you. What was that like? What was the trigger point? I think it was my, my first state event. Um, I remember getting mentored kind of, so I did futsal my first year that gave me opportunities to kind of be seen. And then after that, um, in the spring season, um, I was mentored by a few people and then was given the opportunity to do a state event and kind of see where refereeing could go. Mm-hmm. So the state event started to kind of open your eyes. Yes. So things. Very good. And we're in the midst of that now. When we're recording this, we're in the midst of the spring 2023 of all of our state uh, events that we're looking at and uh, things that are going on. And so we, um, you know, we're, we're kind of in the middle of all of that. And uh, so I, I think a lot about that as we invite people to come participate in these things, uh, as they uh, get, get kind of a, a taste of what something that's a little bit higher level, a little bit more professional than maybe what they're doing on a weekend, week in and week out. And there's nothing, to, I'm not trying to say anything negative about what, what is week in and week out in just grassroots leagues, but um, to have a, another level. And to have somebody look at you and go, hey, we believe in you. We'd like for you to come work this event. Like, that's pretty cool. It doesn't matter how old you are. Uh, for somebody to look at you and go, you, you have worked hard. We believe in you. We want you to come participate in this event. Like, 
that that's gonna boost anybody's feelings of like, oh, this is cool. I, I want to participate. Okay, so 18, senior in high school, you're about ready to graduate. Yes, I yes. know it's a little bit touch and go right now with the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so you're about to graduate, and uh, then what's what's the next steps for you? So, uh, looking to go to college, going to KU, Rock Chalk. Um, mm. uh, I'll be studying chemical engineering with environmental emphasis, and then potentially getting an MBA at the same time. We'll see what happens. Why not, you know? I mean, it's helpful for about everything I plan to do, so. There yeah. you go. Yeah, very good. Okay, so super smart and doing cool things. That's really neat. Chemical engineering in the environment. It's like trying to keep the chemicals out of the environment or use the right chemicals in the environment. A little bit of both, mostly working in pollution and trying to... Uh... Like against it, right? Yes. Okay, there you go. Yeah, we're not for pollution in our podcast. Very good. Okay, so uh, you have some opportunities that are, are coming your way a little bit more. What is, what's some of the stuff around the corner for you? So in, in refereeing, I mean, obviously this summer, I'm looking forward to representing Kansas at both um, summer regional events. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, we have, we have our state cup, which is the, the player's step to get there. So looking forward to that and hoping to, um, hoping to work some fun games there. And then this year, I'm trying to upgrade to my regional badge for 2024, so completing all the steps along the way for that as well. Very good. And you've had the opportunity to work in a very prestigious internship over the last year, is that correct? Oh, of course, of course. Yes, Lucas has been one of my interns in our uh, referee development part of Kansas Youth Soccer, so my role as the Director of Referee Development, uh, Lucas, along with a few others, um, have been in, in internship roles, and so I've been extremely grateful for their work, and it has been, I'm sure, a resume-building experience for them that they'll never forget. Of course. Shut up. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> well, Lucas, we're excited to continue to see where life takes you. And we're proud of what you're doing in the state of Kansas and what you'll do beyond that. Um, I'm sure there's many others that have, you know, some similar stories uh, as far as Lucas goes, but we all have unique paths. And so continue to pursue that. Um, if you have any part of your story that resonates with Lucas, I mean, he'll be tagged in our social media posts. So if you want to reach out to him, um, slide into his DMs, I suppose. I don't know. Is that what people say? Anyway, uh, you can have conversations. Uh, you know, we're a big community and we're here to help each other no matter where we are and what our path looks like. So thanks for being with us today, Lucas. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. So we're going to continue with our episode now. We'll take a short break and have a conversation with J.J. Belinsky. To, it'll be segment number one of three. We have a three-part series. Today's about fitness myths. And then uh, after we've chatted with J.J., we'll talk with um, Kevin Locke, Pro AR, to hear about his story. Um, he's uh, fairly new into the MLS, and so um, just what that ladder was like climbing up, as well as just more about him as a person. Um, be sure that you engage with our whole episode today because we have some, as we enter into season two, we have some opportunities for you to earn giveaways. There's prizes and things, which everyone loves prizes. Just watch a Major League Baseball game. I've never seen people freak out over a t-shirt shot out of a cannon like you will at a Major League Baseball game. And so this is our equivalent of shooting a t-shirt cannon at you. Uh, make sure that you watch the episode and engage with the questions that will come through social media. Those that engage with that will have a chance to win something very, very exciting. Probably inexpensive, but exciting nonetheless. No, uh, we've got some great giveaways that we're going to provide to our listeners that engage with us that way. Um, so thanks for engaging with the podcast. Continue to stick around here. we got a great episode in store for you. The Check Complete Podcast is brought to you in part by JF Consulting Tax Preparation and Bookkeeping. Taxes suck, we can help. Visit jfcokc.com.
All right, I am back with uh, JJ Belinsky. Um, so we've got—I'm super excited for this. We've got three segments that we are going to—we're going to um, chop up some some content here and get it into we'll, we'll call it bite size, I guess, bite size segments uh, to talk with JJ. Um, again, he's with uh, Dynamic Athlete Training, uh, national referee, and uh, so JJ, let's just jump into this. We've got well. I'll give us an outline for those that like to plan ahead and know what's coming. We'll give, we'll, we'll satisfy those people. We've got a uh, fitness myths. We're going to talk through. Okay. Uh, then we're going to have a segment on uh, proper warm up and cool down. And then we're going to talk nutrition. So this week, uh, as we begin our three segment series, let's dive into fitness myths. So I, I've got, I've got myth busters in my brain. I always like that show. So I've got, that's what I've got in my brain right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that, that's, that. that's a that's a great show. I haven't seen that in a long time, but it's uh, I used to always watch that. Like some of the like the, the old JFK stuff they used to do on that show. And, oh yeah, you know, that kind of stuff in like haunted places. It was kind of cool to see all that stuff. Absolutely, no, that's good, and they were funny. So we'll, we've got we got to we got to keep up with that. We'll be better than MythBusters today. Yes, let's make that our goal. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk fitness myths here. What do you got for us? Well, so I, I always come across uh, different referees and they always have, you know, depending on, you know, if you're trying to progress, climb that ladder, you know, they're working a lot of games trying to get seen. And we always talk, we come back to fitness and we talk about fitness test training. And then we kind of get into that aspect of, you know, the, the difference between being match fit and then fitness test training fit, depending on, sure. you know, what you're doing. Um, and really the big thing that, you know, we always hear, or at least I always hear is, well, I work a lot of games, so I'm ready to take the fitness test and, no, no problem. I work, you know, five games Saturday, you know, a couple on Sunday and I'm good to go. Whatever that man, you know, it's, you know, that might be a little exaggerated. So I think well, I work a lot of games throughout the week and, you know, I can handle, you know, a 17, 20 test or I can handle, you know, a category one men's 15, 18, whatever that is. Um, and then they get out there and run the test and by about the fourth or fifth lap, they're, they're done. They, they, they can't make it. So I, I've always kind of preach that you have to train for each test, no matter what test you're training for, you got to prepare properly. Um, and that does mean kind of cutting back on some of your game count and having a proper structured training. A lot sure. of the time uh, I run to referees and say, well, I do this for training. I do that for training. And it kind of consists of maybe, you know, maybe a low intensity run and then maybe one day of lifting and not really being specific on the lifting. So then we kind of get more, then we got to be a little bit more structured in trying to find, uh, the, the the proper niche. And that's kind of where, you know, I hate to say, but kind of where a dynamic athlete comes in, where we kind of really pave that way and saying how to properly, you know, not only schedule, uh, but also understanding when to kind of ramp up the training and then when to kind of taper it back down a little bit if you're preparing for a fitness test. So just because you're, you're match fit does not necessarily mean you're going to be fit for the fitness test. And I, I, I always run to a lot of referees and that's kind of a myth saying, oh, I'm, I'm fit for a match. That means I can run the 15, 18, I can run the 17, 20. Um, and that usually I'd say about 90%, 95% of the time that's incorrect if they're not having another form of training to go along with that. Um, and that'll consist of a lot of different types of high intensity running, uh, max aerobic speed runs or max aerobic fitness runs, kind of balancing it out. And you have to have that structured throughout the week. So that was be like one of the big fitness myths that I always have is just because you're, you're match fit and that's all you're doing throughout the week, just working games doesn't translate properly over to the, the the fitness test, whatever fitness test that may be. So that's a big one. Sure. Um, I know on one of my presentations that I used, I was fortunate enough to uh, follow um, one of the gentlemen, uh, one of the gentlemen that worked with me last year uh, during the fall. 
uh, we have a GPS, you basically like a, like a catapult or player tech pod mm -hmm. system that we operated on. And what it ends up consisting of is I have, it's basically a, a screen split in two and it shows the, the training load from, which is measured in volume and intensity. It's measured in what the max stress is and then what a max aerobic speed run is. A max aerobic speed run is going to be a 15 second on with a 15 second off. Um, and I think he was doing a 80 meters, um, trying to hit 15, 80 meters in 15 seconds. Um, he would do that for a certain amount of reps and then get a rest time and then do that five or six uh, sets of that. So we ended up breaking it down and he ran about eight miles in the match, eight and a half miles. It was a division one college match, um, about eight, eight and a half miles in that college match. And then, uh, which is about 90 minutes. And then he had a, uh, it was about 25 minute MAS run. And then when you looked at the training load between the two, um, the training load, the, the, the player score of how much rest and recovering the load, the 25 minute uh, max aerobic speed run ended up being more training load on the body than the 90 minute match in terms of intensity, not necessarily volume. But then when you flipped it around back to the game, the game had much more volume, but a little bit lower intensity. And that's sure. where you get those two different dynamics of you can be matched with a lot of volume, but it's lower intensity. And then you run something that's very similar to like a fitness test. And then you have that aspect, which is more intense, but not to the same degree of volume. So they kind of go, there are different energy systems getting taxed. And that's why it's, you know, it's sometimes you don't quite see that translate from match fitness over to the high intensity run that you do for, for whatever fitness test you're, you're trying to do. Right. Well, and it probably, it's a separate conversation, probably depends on what your perspective of match fit means. And I think Correct. for probably yes. different people, that <laughs> yes. is, uh, that, that's a mentoring conversation of like, that was match fit. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, I think in me, I don't want to, to go down the road of this is another myth, but it's kind of the myth of like what you're describing is any sort of exercise is, is the right exercise, you know? And I'm, and there's something good to like, yeah, if, if you're going to sit on the couch for 30 minutes or go for a run, the, yep. the go for a run is probably a better option or walk or do something. Right. Yep. But what you're describing is it isn't just a, well, I went to the gym and I threw some weight around into this and, and, and I'm, yep. I'm moving in the right direction. Well, you're doing something yep. positive, but are you truly moving in the direction towards the goals that you want to accomplish. And so that sounds kind of like the core of that myth that you're describing, I, I suppose. 100%, yeah, 100%. And that's definitely for someone that's like, hey, I really want to progress. And they have, or they struggle with passing the fitness test. And my first question, well, how many games a week are you? Where, you know, we kind of go back into that. Right. We got to look at what the, the load is before. And then we start narrowing our focus toward that fitness test or whatever that may be. So that's yeah. kind of like the first myth that is always, I say it's, it's very prevalent in um a lot of referees that I speak to when they start getting on the path of training and trying to hone in on a specific goal of what they're trying to do. Interesting. Interesting. Very good. Okay. So myth number one, we got that one. Very good. Yes. So what else do you run into in your uh, <laughs> conversations? I suppose of, I'm sure there's probably a never ending uh, list of myths. Yeah, there, there is a lot. The other one um, that I always run into was, um, I think we talked about this previously on, I think the, the introduction, um, I think last podcast that I was on, mm -hmm. but um, we run into a lot of referees that say, Hey, I'm going to the gym, I'm doing the weights and I'm doing only that. And I'm saving all my cardio, all my running for matches. Um, and then I run to the opposite side of the spectrum as well. Where other referees, Oh, I don't lift. I don't go to the gym. I don't lift weight. I just run. 
Um, and the issue with that is, is that you, like I said, it, it's the myth is that you can't get the benefits of one without the other. You can't just run all the time without weight training. Um, and that's from a referee specific only because weightlifting is going to help stabilize the muscle. It helps load the tendons and ligaments properly um, to kind of alleviate some of the stress that's getting placed on the body. A lot of people think that even though I'm running, I'm not breaking the muscle down like I would be in weightlifting, which is actually false. You actually are breaking that muscle down. It's just a different way. And you're taxing a different energy system based upon how intense or low intense, um, you know, the, the training session or workout is. So the myth would be, you can't only do weightlifting. You can't only just do running. You have to have a combination mm -hmm. of both and then being able to balance that properly with your matches, um, to make sure that you're not working one system too much and you're not, you know, working one over the other and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So I've always say you've got to be able to do everything combined. Um, and then we get into that aspect of, well, then what kind of weightlifting do I do? Then we get into, we talk about, endurance training and, or, and I'm sorry, excuse me, endurance, weightlifting training, muscular endurance training. Then we get into like mm -hmm. strength, you know, then we get into power training and then we incorporate that and balance the running based upon different types of weightlifting program that they're doing currently. And then mm -hmm. making sure that coincides properly with the running, because if they're, you know, if they're in a phase where they're building a lot of muscle, you know, we have to ramp up that cardiovascular just a little bit more because now you get more muscle on the yeah. body. Well, now you're moving more mass around, which is going to tax the lungs, going to tax the heart a little bit more. So you have to properly progress that run over a period of time. So it gets really mm -hmm. complex. Um, but that's another myth that I only do running or I only lift weights. I only need to do that. And I don't need to do anything else. Or I just run. I don't need to do weights. Um, and you, you can't do one over the other. You have to have that combination of both. Interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. And I, I think there's probably a lot more people that would uh, than would be comfortable admitting that they have bought into that, right? That they're, that that's yeah. a, a way of thinking that has kind of permeated. Yep. Not sure really where that comes from, but it's just something where you you think that, I don't know, you have a misconception of what, what I'm actually trying to accomplish on the field and how, my, how I'm actually preparing my body that way, which I think there's a lot of folks that genuinely, genuinely do not know. That's where hopefully these segments can be helpful. And then we can point people in your direction more and more because they just genuinely do not know how to prepare their body for what, what's being described. And some of this goes back to our original conversation on episode 25, I believe, where we talked about how a lot of, you go to a local gym, a lot of personal training, a lot of stuff, they, yeah. they don't know how to prepare a referee for, yeah. for yep. what the demands of what officiating is. And it, yeah. you know, even based on different sports or whatever. Yeah. So there, there's, there's a lot of complexity there to that, like you described. Yeah. There's, you know, the uh, one that, or thing I take away is that I feel that they just do weightlifting and they're just like, well, I'm like, well, if you're not running, I mean, how do we know that's going to translate over to a match? And that's sure. another, and I think that partly kind of goes back to that personal training, but like I said, it's not like a one size fits all kind of thing. It just depends on different walks of life and where you're at in your referee career. So it really depends. Interesting. Gotcha. Okay. So we've got, we've got a couple myths there. What else do you have as far as the myth world? Oh, the, the, the other big one I hear all the time is post-workout. This kind of touches in a little bit nutrition, but kind of post-workout it gets into, I just got done with my workout. I have to eat protein and it's protein, protein, protein all the time. Um, and that's not always necessarily the case. If you're doing a strength workout or you are doing a weight training or resistance training, yes, then protein would be the optimal source. But if you're out for a nice long run, um, 
or you're, you know, you're doing like a high intensity run, you're doing repeated sprint training, you're actually going to want a lot more carbohydrates post-workout um, than actually protein. Um, and that's only because you're burning through so much carbohydrates. Uh, you have a lot of cortisol, the stress hormone flying around in the body. Um, and really the only way to kind of, there are other ways to kind of shut that stress down, but I, when it comes to supplementation or it comes to the nutrition aspect of it, usually vitamin C and um, usually fast digesting carbohydrates really shut that cortisol down. So a lot of people, they have a lot of stress in their body after run. Oh, I got to have my protein. They take it and they still got cortisol, which in turn ends up cortisol will go after lean muscle like crazy. So if you're not shutting that cortisol down, it'll kind of feed off that lean muscle, which can be, it kind of gets, it's, it's a catch because people think, oh, I got to have my protein and got to have my protein. But if you're coming off a match or you're coming off of a high intensity run, like a max aerobic speed run or repeated sprints, you got to have a good amount of carbohydrates. And that's going to be the primary energy source um, that referees are going to be using for their matches and a lot of their training. So making sure you're getting an ad adequate amount of protein, um, adequate amount of protein, but also you have to have on certain days, you have to have restore those carbohydrates because they're going to be your main energy source. I'd say about 40 to 50% um, is going to be all carbohydrates in terms of your regular daily diet based on your day. Like I said, there is some fluctuations depending on the training for the day, but all protein all the time is not necessarily the best thing for a referee. You want to have a good amount, but at the same time, balancing that out properly with your fats as well and your carbohydrates. Sure. Yep. Well, I have follow-up questions to that, but I guess I, I will probably wait until our third <laughs> segment when we talk about yeah. nutrition because I don't want to go yeah. down that road too far. We'll get to that yes. here in a few weeks. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, so nutri that, that nutrition piece, but the, the carbohydrate piece, that, that's fascinating. We'll talk about what that looks like a little bit more in depth here in a couple segments. So, yep. but I'll let you, I'll let you continue with, with, uh, other myths that you might encounter. Yeah. The, the last one, um, that, that I see quite a bit is, you know, I'll be talking to a referee. I'm like, Hey, I got a, I got a, I got a little, you know, I got a little extra fat on my body. I got to make sure I can convert that fat to muscle. Um, and that's what I always hear. And that's not just, you know, that's, you see it all the time in like personal training or strength and conditioning or any, any kind of walk of life with person, uh, with a person that's want wanting to do certain training. And there's actually, you can't convert fat to muscle. It's impossible. Um, so people think that, and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of thing that's been dispelled a little bit more um, in, I'd say, in the fitness world in the last few years. But a long time, oh, I got to convert my fat to muscle. You actually have to lose the fat first, and then you build the muscle or whatever you if you want to. So typically, if you want to try to lose body fat percentage, you know, lose that body, the body fat, you got to kind of stay in that caloric deficit um, for, an, for a period of time on a daily basis. Um, to kind of lose that body fat and then you can kind of start building muscle. Um, it doesn't kind of, you can't really take that fat and convert. It just doesn't, your body doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, and then the second part to that is I always hear, yeah, you know, I got this one spot. I wanted to just, you know, I want to tone up my arms a little bit and, you know, get this fat off my arm to get it off my stomach. Um, the body actually doesn't spot reduce fat. It doesn't work that way either. Um, and that's another kind of myth that people kind of get, you know, it's, it's, I, I would say it'd be great if we could do that. And that's why I see some of the stuff in the fitness industry. There are some certain creams that people use or, you know, all that kind of stuff that kind of want to spot reduce supposed to like, but it's really not really doing anything. Um, so you really can't spot reduce. Typically your body loses that when you're a caloric deficit, your body uses that fat as the energy that you're not intaking for the day that your body needs. And you burn those excess calories that you're taking from stored fat. Um, and the, the the counter to that is they're they're doing that, but it only um, how do I want to say this? It's um, 
it takes it from a your body is going to gain it and store it where probably in the places you don't want it stored. But then when you want to lose it, um, it's not going to go directly to oh, it's going to go right to my arm and it's going to take it from there. It right. doesn't work that way. it uses that as a whole and it's gaining it from pretty much wherever it, it wants to. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and that's the hard part. Like I know for myself when, you know, I'm in, you know, if I'm in a certain situation and I've been eating poorly, um, I know, I know it's like when my diet is off a little bit, I will gain it more in my stomach um, where other people might gain it in their arms. And then when I start training again, I was like, well, I'm not really losing it. So it's pulling it from a different source. So you really can't spot produce. Um, yeah. and that's the other, that's the other aspect of converting fat to muscle and all that kind of stuff that gets into that aspect. So it's, I would love to say, yeah, yeah I can, you know, can, you know, I can convert that fat in my arm and it's going to build muscle. And I'm, you know, it just, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately, right. which it did. And I think everybody be a little happier, but, uh, right. But the human, human body doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. Interesting. Yeah. Well, very good. You know, one one other thing that I as I was as I was hearing you talk and as I was reflecting on our conversation before we started recording was maybe another myth that I'll bring up is that that what you're describing, you need to be a certain type of person or look look a certain way or have a certain lifestyle before you can start training and improving yourself. Um, you know, I think there's some people that go, Well, I couldn't do that because of my age, or I couldn't participate in what you're doing because of you know, fill in the blank. And I'm sure there's legitimate reasons for things, but as far as some of it where we just, they probably look more like excuses than reasons you talk about, there's people in your program that you have, you know, from all walks of life and all ages and things like that. So what you're describing is now what you're going to have someone do at at that age or that whatever is going to look different. That's the uniqueness of what you're able to provide is that customized piece. But, but everybody, I, I, I mean, I would say, at least from my vantage point in our conversations and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say a, a myth is right. That I can't do this because of my age or something like that. Now this is open to anybody in, in, in all sorts of walks of life. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really, some people think, Oh, well, I'm really not trying to, you know, I'm trying not to, I, you know, I, maybe they're like, well, I'm not gonna try to be a national, but there, you know, there's a lot of referees that come to me and say, I want to be the best high school referee. I want to be the best, you know, yeah. college referee. I want to do that. You, I, you know, and it doesn't matter. It's really what their goals are. And sometimes they're like, yeah, it could be, you know, I get a, a younger referee. that's like, yeah, I really want to go after it. I really want to chase it. I want to be a national referee. I want to be a professional referee. I want to be a FIFA, you know, I'm sure. kind of gung ho about it. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I have other people come to me and says, yeah, I really don't want to do that. I just want to kind of be the best, you know, um, I just want to stay kind of like an amateur, maybe get my regional badge, kind of focus on that. And I love working on the weekends, love going to tournaments. So, and they're like, I just want to try to be injury, you know, prevent a lot of injuries, but become, yeah. you know, be, be more fit, uh, maybe lead a, lead a healthier lifestyle as well in the process. So it's everybody and anybody that I've worked with, um, probably the last year, even two years. Um, it's really all walks of life um, that, that come to me. And we kind of set them up for success in the right way. That's great. Well, we will, um, as we did with our, when we had you on uh, as a podcast guest for these segments, we'll, we'll tag you and include you in the description of our YouTube video and all that kind of stuff. Um, folks, if you're watching this and would like to just have a, I mean, more conversation, learn a little bit more about what JJ's doing, um, reach out to him. He can walk you through those steps and uh, get you on the right track. So this was our first segment of three about fitness myths. JJ, thank you so much. We appreciate that. I'm sure there's many more myths that will be encountered and we're not discussed today, but this gets us a good a good start in the right direction. So next week, we'll talk a little bit about uh, proper warm-up and cool down. So we'll look forward to that. Thanks again, JJ. 
Yeah, thank you. The Check Complete podcast is brought to you in part by JF Consulting Tax Preparation and Bookkeeping. Taxes suck, we can help. I'm excited to sit down virtually with uh, pro assistant referee Kevin Locke. Kevin, thank you so much, so, so much for your time. We are excited to hear your story. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's let's um, start out, I guess, let's go back to the beginning, um, which has been kind of a fun thing we've been doing just to hear your path to where you are today. So the early days, what did that look like for you? Yeah, so back when I was probably 12 years old or so, uh, my mom saw something online about uh, they needed referees at the local the local club I was at up in suburbs of Philadelphia. Um, so I kind of went to a 30-minute clinic. It was not official. It was all unsanctioned and all that. And then was refing seven-year-old games, and that was for a season or two. And then when I was 14, I took the then grade eight class, uh, the entry level clinic and kind of did that and got certified. Uh, and very quickly, I realized that there was a lot more opportunities beyond a rec game or a local travel game or whatever you, whatever you end up doing at that, at that time. Uh, so I quickly was like, Oh, I want to go to this tournament or that tournament. And, uh, luckily I was able to, to do some of that stuff, not right away, but by the time I was 16, 17 and I was going to regionals and, some other tournaments uh, locally. So that was all fantastic. And then eventually kind of did the youth nationals twice and president's cup nationals and development Academy showcase playoffs, all that stuff. Uh, And then by the time, I guess, 2018, I uh, joined, I was invited to the the development group now pro two and was there for, uh, I guess, 18, 19, 20, 21 and half of 2022. And then I was lucky enough to be hired into into the MLS and now coming up on one year doing uh, just MLS games, which has been fantastic. Yeah, that's super exciting. You're you're right on the the beginning um, side of things of, a, of what will hopefully be a very long and exciting MLS career. So I, I want to go back and just because this is something that maybe it's the space that I'm in in Kansas of trying to figure out what it's going to take for some individuals to to kind of for things to click for it to go from money grab to I, I want to take this seriously. So you, one of the things you had mentioned, uh, just going back, you had talked about you'd found out there's more opportunities outside of just the rec stuff that you were doing. Uh, was that presented to you in an entry level clinic? How did you hear about that? So I think for me, in general, I'm a very, very competitive person. So I'm always mm. trying to like everything in life. I'm just trying to get better and do one better than I've been doing previously. So I kind of took it upon myself and I was just Googling stuff and seeing mm-hmm. what was out there. And then like, I kind of figured out that there was like, I saw in a, uh, probably a referee website somewhere that like, Oh, you can go to state cup and regionals and ODP and president's cup and kind of all those things. And I was like, Oh, like I want to do that. So then I kind of did some more research, figured out how to make it happen. Um, and was lucky enough to get invited a few years later. Wow. So just tenacious kind of on your own, uh, yeah. doing your own research and, and setting your own goals. Yeah. And really, that's how it was at first. And then as soon as I kind of got connected sure. with people, obviously, the the administration up in Pennsylvania was super helpful to me as well, uh, sure. getting me places where I needed to be and to tournaments and all that stuff. So, yeah, they were fantastic. 
Well, I think there's some takeaway to that, right? I think there's in, in, in our audience ranges in experience level and age and all that kind of stuff. But um, so there's the takeaways from what I'm hearing from your story, from what you shared, it's a level of taking some of this into your own hands, right? And, and being assertive and aggressive and that competitive edge uh, is, is pretty good. Did you play? Yeah, so I played all through high school. So I, I played soccer and ran track. Uh, okay. I think I like probably playing soccer more, but I was better at track. So it's kind of that balance okay. of what do I pursue? And then I ended up kind of not doing either in college. And it worked out because I was able to focus on refereeing and referee a ton of games, which ultimately paid for me to go to college as well. So that's always a benefit. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now, what events did you do in track? This is completely off, but I'm just curious. Yeah, I was a short distance runner. So 100, 200, 400. And I did run the 800 once. It was the most miserable experience of my life, but I did do it once. Oh, my gosh. I did the 800 in seventh grade and I got beat by my gym teacher's daughter. But we don't have to talk about that. It's a very sore, sore subject. Anyway, that's a man's man's race right there. And the 400, too. My gosh. Yeah, that was probably my best race. But yeah. Also, not the most fun. It was fun to win, though. It'd be good. Yeah. Do you have any footage of this that we could share? I mean, like, we could, we need to see some Kevin. I don't know if I have any footage. Uh, (laughs) Definitely some pictures out there, but I think that's probably it. Well, maybe we could, maybe we could track that down. That's exciting. Cool. Um, Good, good stuff. Uh, So, and then life outside of refereeing. Do you have a life outside of refereeing? (laughs) Uh, I try to. Um, Yes. So, I, I have a, full-time job that I work at. I work at SMU in Dallas, working in the athletic department. So that's kind of my nine to five or my real job, if you will. Um, And so I I really enjoy that. I like going to work every day and all that. Uh, I also like to travel and just go hang out with friends and kind of go all over the place. So I think I I usually can't sit still. So I, I like to keep myself busy. Well, and I'm sure the nature of your job as a professional uh, assistant referee allows you to kind of quench some of that thirst of traveling, too. You get an opportunity to see all sorts of things. Yeah, without a doubt. That's exciting. Um, so we've talked about kind of the introduction of who you are, your journey. Um, what what are, what have been some of the, I don't know, should we go high points first? Let's go high points first, and then maybe we'll talk about some of the low points. Yeah, so I think high points for me uh, – just throughout the process of, I feel like every time you hit a milestone, it's super exciting, right? When you get to your first youth nationals, when you do a national final, when you do your first professional game, when you, I got my invite to pro two, and then up to when I did my first MLS game coming out of COVID and kind of the craziness that was 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually when I got into the bargaining unit, uh, as it fully into the MLS, just all those moments were super exciting and hopefully there's more to come. Absolutely. That's yeah. And hopefully there is too. We will be, we'll be following. You have a, a uh, fairly robust cheering section in Kansas uh, going forward. Yeah. So the high points that way. So, and, and unfortunately I'm sure there were probably some, some low moments along the way. Yeah, so I think there's kind of two that stick out in my head. One, uh, going all the way back to my first year at Youth Nationals, uh, on the third group stage game, I'm doing a a big U16 boys game. The whole group is tied on three points, so it's a a game that matters. Winners has a chance to go through, losers out. Uh, And I missed this red – I was in the middle. I missed a red card, clearest red card you'll ever see. Um, I just – 
I give a yellow card and mass confrontation ensues, absolute chaos. And oh. I mean, I knew as soon when I walked off the field, I was I knew I had missed it because just because of the reaction of the players and kind of the feeling that it left in the game. So there is definitely video footage of that. If you want video footage of me for something, people send me that. Oh gosh, sometimes. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's one. And then I think the more recent one that I that comes to mind is uh, my first game after getting put into the MLS uh, was the first time I went to review. So obviously you never want to go to review, but kind of a, a complicated interfering with an opponent decision that ultimately I think, I think we can get on the field, but uh, didn't on the day. So yeah, I went to review and it kind of leaves you with that feeling of, do I really belong here and all that? Um, mm. Just cause it's right. Your first game after, getting getting into the league and that's not the ideal way to start but just got to focus on bouncing back and and learning from it and moving on yeah absolutely slightly off script here um for you was it clear that the ar path was your path uh i would say so i mean i kind of always liked uh i felt more comfortable and liked being on the line a little bit more and i kind of knew from a younger age, but no one ever really pushed me to, to being an area. In fact, some people were like, no, you need to go be a referee. Um, and I was like, no, I want to run the lines. And some people thought that was crazy, but I kind of always liked a little bit more, thought I had a higher ceiling on the line and stuck with it and never really looked back. So I'm curious too, I'm uh, kind of putting you on the spot here more. So I'm curious when you say you like it on the line, what, what aspects of being an assistant referee for you, are so enjoyable. Yeah. I think for me, just a skill set about it. And then I'm also, I don't like a ton of attention. So I kind of like to be on the side and uh, I'm always happy to help someone out and I don't need any credit. I'll just help them out and make it look like they made the decision. That's ultimately, I think what drew me to it so much. So you don't want me to drag this interview on for 30 more minutes of me asking questions about you is what you're telling me. Okay, yeah, I'm not, not usually going to talk about myself. So <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, yeah, no, that all, that all makes, that all makes sense. Um, so one question that's been kind of fun that we've asked is uh, to other guests in the past, and I'll ask it to you, if you could go back knowing what you know now, right. Knowing where you're at in your career with uh, obviously a lot more, hopefully ahead, but knowing what you know now, if you could go back until first year, first month, brand new referee, Kevin, what would you tell him? Yeah, so I think there's kind of two things that stick out to me. Um, and I guess they're kind of encompass a lot. So, But the first one is that mistakes are going to happen and you have to learn to accept them, learn from them. And you've got to be honest with yourself and just accept that that's going to happen. I think if you're trying to be perfect, we're all trying to be perfect. But if you have an expectation in your head that you're going to be perfect every time you go out there, you're always going to be disappointed. And it's still something that I, I almost struggle with a little bit today of like, there's one little thing that feels like it could be better. And then that doesn't unvalidate all the other good things that you did in the game or in a season or, and so on and so forth. So that's one thing that just mistakes are going to happen, accept it and move on. Just learn from it. That's the biggest thing. Uh, and then the second piece, super cliche, but control the controllables. There's so many outside influences distracting you and uh, 
that can veer you off course, but you need to like focusing on what really matters and what you can control, like your fitness level, your knowledge of the laws of the game, your professionalism, um, not worrying about, it's so hard to do, not worrying about like other people's assignments and stuff like that. Um, Mm. And it's like coming up at like, I did that quite a bit. And it's like, there's just no point in focusing on any of that because you can't control it and it has nothing to do with you. So like, I think for me, just focusing on my performance and my fitness and kind of all those things, um, just to clear out all that energy and focus it on what matters. Well, there's probably a level of, for those, especially folks like yourself that are really competitive, right? Like you see your peers, you're like, I'm competing in a a level for that. And this is a conversation that's probably a a separate podcast episode, but a, a conversation about, hey, it's okay for us to have that competitive edge, but at the same, at the end of the day, we're all in this together and we can't eat our own young. Right. Like we've we've got, we've got to take care of each other. It's okay to be competitive, but I know there is some times where it's like, I've heard this where somebody makes a mistake, like at an event or something in their career. And and the thought process is, well, down goes that one. I I get an opportunity now. It's like, okay, while there might be truth to that, um, I'm not sure how healthy that is for us as a community uh, to be a part, to be thinking that way. So I don't know. That's a, sorry. That's a that's a a bit of a, a rabbit trail there, but it, it made me think about kind of what you were saying as far as just control what you can control with what comes your way, you yeah. know. If that's a fair uh, summary of that, at least that a portion of your thought there. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like is like what I've learned is that like if you hear like if I, I genuinely feel for people like when I see like a mistake happen like that it like sinks my heart right. Like I want everyone to mm-hmm. succeed so badly and. I know everyone's going to have a moment where, right? Like I've missed stuff. Everyone's going to miss stuff. So we are going to have that moment, but they're all going to come naturally. So like, I, like I would never wish on anyone to, to mess something yeah. up. But. Well, Kevin, this has been a great conversation. Um, you are genuinely a, a great person and a great referee. And we're excited to continue. I know our whole audience is excited to continue to see you succeed and, and watch you uh, continue to lean into the well-deserved appointment that you have to uh, the MLS as an assistant referee and, and hope for more exciting things down the road. So keep us little people in mind as you continue to Always. go about your business. <laughs> the people are the best part of this whole thing. The relationships you, you can make and form, that's the best part. Oh man, no doubt, no doubt. So uh, last thing, uh, is there anything like you're not going to be able to sleep tonight if you don't say this to the Check Complete podcast? Um, yeah, I get, so one other experience that I absolutely loved and I love to talk about and share with people, uh, that's the, I went to UEFA core last year. So I was lucky enough to be selected by mm. Rick Eddy and Alex Proust. So we went over to, uh, Geneva, Switzerland. It was me, it basically a trio from the U S and with seven other trios from seven different European countries. Um, we're basically immersed in in soccer 24-7. It was field sessions, fitness sessions, uh, laws of the game tests, uh, meals with people from countries that you don't even know where they are on the map. And wow. that experience was once in a lifetime, absolutely incredible. Um, one of the best times I've had in my life. So, Wow. Who is the trio? You and who else? Yeah, Mark Allerton was the referee, and then me and Justin mm-hmm. Howard were the two assistants that went. Wow. Very cool, man. That's that's incredible. 
That's incredible. Well, hopefully more experiences like that for you down the road. Um, yeah, for sure. We look forward to seeing that. Well, I know it's hard to talk about yourself, but thanks for doing it because we want to hear course. your story. We got to hear your story and we're excited to see where life takes you. So thanks, Kevin. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, this has been episode one of season two. Back at it with season two. We hope you've enjoyed every single second. Uh, on behalf of uh, our whole Check Complete team, Lucas, thank you for joining us today as we jumpstart season two. Appreciate you letting me come along. It's awesome. We can we will be excited to continue to watch your career unfold both on and off the field. Uh, it's exciting to see that. Thanks again to a, a few other people, obviously J.J. Belinsky for his time and efforts uh, and his expertise about fitness and fitness myths. Um, we've got a few more sessions coming up with him in the, in the coming um, episodes. And then, of course, Kevin Locke. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was wonderful being able to chat with you and to hear your story and to hear about what it's like to be on the path uh, to success as an MLS assistant referee. Very, very cool. So um, once again, be sure to keep your eyes out for our, on social media for some opportunities to earn some giveaways, to be able to get some freebies, very exciting freebies um, that we can send your way. So there'll be some questions and some other things. So stay tuned. Make sure you follow us at check underscore complete on Twitter and Instagram check complete podcast on Facebook. And then if you're not already watching us on YouTube, um, I'm not sure why you're not. Cause look at this, look at this face. Why wouldn't you look at this? Yes. Uh, follow us on check complete podcast, like, and subscribe to these videos, please. We would love, we'd be, we would feel so honored if you would do that. Um, if you have anything, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. If you have some things that you would like to, to send our way, we would be all ears. So send us an email at uh, gordy at checkcompletepodcast.com or info at checkcompletepodcast.com. Reach out or slide into our DMs. Send us a personal message on Facebook, whatever that looks like. We would love to hear from you for suggestions for upcoming episodes. Okay? Lucas, it's been fun. Season two is underway. Are you excited? I'm ex so excited. I can tell. Calm down. All right. Thanks for <laughs> engaging with the Check Complete Podcast. We'll see you next time.